Yo, yo, yo. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show. Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith. Hey. Nick Ealy. What it do? Old T-Smooth and Nickelodeon. We in the building. I'm old JJ. The Great Debate Show is back, and we're available wherever you get your podcast. Follow and download. Uh, the Great Debate Show is back, and we are back at you on a Friday, a fantastic Friday, that is, to talk about Thursday night football. We will also talk about week well, – hold on, what week are we in? Eight? Yeah. It is eight. Week eight. Week eight. Week eight predictions and picks in the NFL. Uh, we got to talk about a little bit of basketball, Brooklyn Nets, Dallas Mavericks. That was a good game on Thursday night also. The Golden State Warriors. They're back to their winning ways. Um, they beat the Miami Heat. And we also want to just ask some questions about Kawhi Leonard and the L.A. Clippers. What the hell? Uh, it's just not a really good time to be a basketball fan in L.A. right now. It just doesn't seem. Um, the Lakers are playing their guys, and they can't win. The Clippers are not playing their guys and can't win. So much to talk about here on the Great Debate Show. Guys, how y'all feeling, man? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Uh, maybe not as great as TJ's yet, just because this team has already cleared their uh, their W for the week. But uh, you know, I'm not too worried about T, mine. T feels relieved because <laughs> my Ravens had yet another lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and you know the Buccaneers had them right where they wanted them. Mm-hmm. They did. Now, thankfully, the Ravens were able to hold on to it, but they had them right where they wanted them. <laughs> okay, T. Since we got you right now, your mic is hot. Let's go ahead and get started with Thursday night football's game. Baltimore at Tampa Bay. Me and you, I think, went with Tampa Bay on last on last on the last episode because we just didn't think Brady would lose a third straight game, not even to your right. team. But that's exactly yeah. what happened. No, you're glad to hear that, T. What do you take from this game from the Ravens and the Buccaneers? Um, from last night's Thursday night football. Ravens get the victory. Uh you got it, T. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was just saying, relieved. I, I really thought that Brady would come out and put up better numbers, but I, I think it's a situation where, you know, they've kind of been doing the same thing for three years or so now, and sometimes the league just kind of catches up with you. And uh, you have to you have to kind of evolve that offense. And, you know, you look around the league, and they might be the only offense that has not evolved at all in the past three years. You know, they pretty much run the same plays, pretty much run the same formations. Uh, pretty much do everything they did when Brady first got there, which looked good for a year, two years. Uh, Brady had two of his best seasons of his life the past couple of years, and now they just they just look real normal. That offense does not do anything to surprise you. They don't sneak up on you. They 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 are not running by you. Uh, Julio Jones is on the play what one game, two games I think this season. <laughs> Who knows? God, when it's, you know he's, he's he's back on the field, but you know he 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 looks okay. Couldn't really tell. That, I mean that's. What were you saying? Couldn't really tell. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. You didn't know Julio was out there. So, I mean, and, that, and that's pretty much it. You know, I, I think that they really miss Gronk. More so than anything, I think they really, and, I, and Jarvis, you said this on an earlier episode, but I think they really miss Bruce Arians. That offense does not have the discipline that it once did. And they get a lot of penalties now in the red zone and on the goal line that kind of just, just kind of stifles the offense a lot of the time, so. They've got a lot of things to fix. There is no one issue with Tampa. Uh, they have a lot of issues going on. I'm just glad that we bumped into them now because it's a Tom Brady team, and by the time the end of the season, they'll you know they might have them nine or ten wins enough to get into the playoffs, and they'll have everything figured out. So I would 
I would worry about them then. I'm not worried about them right now. Uh, and I'm just glad that my Ravens were able to hold on and get that victory. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, of course, I hadn't watched the entire game. And, um, you know, the big the big key for me, I, I think that I noticed, I think they even said it on the broadcast as well, is, uh, you know, after, the, after Shaq Barrett went out, you know, that he's really showing that, um, you know, these days, obviously the quarterback is still the most important position in the game. But right behind that, it's your, it's your lead pass rusher. And, uh, you know, during, during the first half, Excuse me. The Ravens' offense really struggled to move, uh, largely because Shaq Barrett was just constantly putting pressure on Lamar Jackson. And once he went down with what sounds like a, a torn Achilles for him, so yeah. uh, that'll be his season and definitely hated for him. Um, you know, that's when the Ravens were able to go score three touchdowns in the second half and and kind of move on and get a W. So, um, you know, good good for the Ravens. Um, kind of unfortunate for the Bucks, obviously, not only losing the game, but uh, losing you know losing their top pass rusher and pro- probably their best player on defense. Um, the Ravens also were able to, oddly enough, attack Devin White uh, a lot of the night, particularly going to Isaiah Likely, uh, who had the best game of his young career. And uh, so, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the Bucks uh, go forward. You know, now that we're at kind of the midway point of the season, um, although they are down three and five, I mean, they're still what I think second in the division, or something like that. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's oddly enough, it's odd to say, yeah, there is a winning team in that, in that division. Right. So, I mean, you know, weirdly enough, not all not all hope is lost. Uh, you know they still have a chance to uh, to uh, make the playoffs and even win the division. And uh, you know, as you guys said, you know at this point I don't believe it. Um, you know, once Tom Brady gets in the playoffs, you never know. And uh, Terrence, good stuff, Nick. Uh, T, you said also uh, during pre-production on this show. I don't know if you mentioned it or not during your take a, a little bit earlier here. If if so, I apologize. But could you tell us why? You said what you said because I understand you didn't mean like uh, I'm glad he's injured with Mark Andrews, but what, right, what, what no. was that that you told us after he went down though? Could you explain to the audience what you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, the, the the test came through because I was driving home, I wasn't able to see the game, but uh, the test came through in, in our in our group texting that um, Mark Andrews got hurt, and and the first thing that I came to my came to my head was, well, that's going to force Lamar to feed the ball to other people as opposed to just staring down Mark Andrews. So I thought it was probably the best thing that could have happened to the offense. And I, and on top of that, I very, very much like, I like Likely, and I knew that he would have a good game after that. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate for the people out there with parlays who weren't able to put him on there because nobody expects Mark Andrews to not be in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But I knew, I knew for a couple of reasons. One, he, it would force him to not stirring on Mark Andrews, and two, when he did get the ball to Likely, Likely is very explosive and can um, uh, get out and, and, and you know, disrupt a lot of coverages. So teams are going to have to really game plan for that, and hopefully Mark Andrews is back. But uh, I think also you got to have Likely on that field along with Andrews. All right, good stuff, man, good stuff. Okay, well, Nick, are you looking at – and again, congratulations on the win, T, getting the, the week started off right. For week eight in the NFL, uh, and here on the Great Debate Show, T already got his win out of the way. Congrats! Now, Nick, are you looking at the schedule so we can get into these games, or do we want to first talk about uh, some basketball first, or we want to go ahead and go right into finishing week eight? So you be go. Let's go ahead and knock these games out. I agree. Yeah. All right. 
<clears throat> Let's see what looks most interesting. What's going to be a good start for us? Matter of fact, let me pull it up so I can also see the odds on the upcoming games for the week. You're good. You're good. And look, we've done so much reacting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, uh, you guys have. I'm still relaxing. And as far as react to relax goes, which is with really what we do on the Tuesday show, this is a game that where it's like I don't know what to say. I mean, I still say I'll relax with Brady. Until he's officially out, but man, it is not looking good for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I promise you. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I just, I, I, I didn't see this coming. I'm not gonna lie. I'm surprised. I understand that, uh, you know, they not looking that good. And yes, I did ask the question about uh, Bruce Arians. Guys, is Tom Brady regretting that he forced Bruce Arians off the sidelines because he did? And he's up in the booth now, but. Man, being in the sideline, being not being on the sideline should not be that big of a difference. It shouldn't be that much of a factor. Ty Bowles, Byron Leftwich, all these guys are being held accountable, and it's looking like Arians is, you know, like he he really should still be doing what he was doing. Um, I don't know what to say about the Buccaneers, but Nick, if you're ready now, I was just really trying to stall a little time. But yeah, the Buc- yeah, you good. Buccaneers, the, wow, the they are now three and five. Yeah, the thing, the thing about this week that uh, and I, I saw the, the statistic earlier this week and, and didn't think about it. There's only one game this week that's actually between two teams with 500 with uh, above 500 records. Okay. Y'all want to know what that game is? The New York Giants visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, wow. Who would have thought? Tell me if you had that on your bingo card before the season started. Man. Uh, so let, let's start with that game since they got the two, two best teams record-wise uh, for the week. Uh, the Seahawks are a three-point favorite at home. That's a 325 game in Seattle. Y'all got it. You can go ahead, T. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. It's a 325 p.m. game. See, uh, Seattle's a three-point favorite at home. Against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Against the Giants. So this is two weeks in a row where they've done the Giants like this, right? It's like Vegas is not even taking the Giants seriously. <laughs> what is it? Uh, and I'm not... Right, and I am not going to just allow them to keep doing the Giants like this. I'm taking the Giants dog on it. Hmm. Well, um, no, but seriously, taking the, taking the Giants and uh, Saquon to have a another hundred yard game, maybe a touchdown or two. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nick, you said this game is in Seattle, right? Games in Seattle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seattle, look, first I want to say again, Geno Smith, man, he's playing good good football, definitely comeback player of the year. Pete Carroll looks like he is uh, – he looks like a genius damn near right now. It looks like he knows what he's doing. It looks like he, he knew what he was doing when he said, okay, you know, all right, Russell, you want to walk? You want to well, – fine, here's your, here's your pink paper, here's your pink slip. And I've got something fine right here waiting in the hems, and here we are. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Nick, you sent us something earlier to earlier uh, in the day where you said, uh, what was that? It was the Rams and the 49ers, all of that talent in that picture. And it basically said, uh, what did that mean say? Basically all of that. Uh, man, what did that say? All of that for, for, this, for, for Geno Smith to be, you know, like uh, ahead of the NFC West. And basically, he is. And you look at all these, all this talent that the Rams have, all the talent that the Niners have, and look at Geno. So shout out to them. I said all that to say this: New York Giants again, the same situation. I gotta go with T here. Um, I'm not gonna let them get me again. If the Giants are the plus, I will not be a fool, and I will take it this time. 
I won't be surprised if Seattle win, wins this game. They can do it. They put up points. Man, they put up points. But they don't really stop the next team, the opponent, from getting put, from putting up points also. So uh, I think that will give the Giants just enough. I think they'll quieten the Seattle crowd. I think Barkley will do what Barkley does uh, when they need him the most. And uh, Daniel Jones will do enough, you know. He'll do enough, and he's not, you know, making a lot of those bonehead decisions that would cost the Giants the football games. Give all that credit to Brian Dabble. And, uh, yeah, I'll take the Giants. Yeah, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Uh, I'm riding with you guys. I'm riding with the Giants. Just like I said last week when they were underdogs with the Jaguars, I thought that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say, say this mistake again this week. I'm going Giants. All right. Next up, the next, uh, you know, let me go ahead and get mine out the way. All right, let's do that. We got the two and five uh, Pittsburgh Steelers visiting my six and oh Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are a 11 point favorite. Talk to me. Wow. No, you talk to us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I'm confident enough quite to take the points. That's a, that's a very large spread. Yeah. Uh, But I'm definitely comfortable. Comfortable with taking us, uh, taking us to win the game uh, for the obvious reasons. We're, we're straight up just a better team, mm-hmm. and I don't see any, any reason for, for that to change this week. Okay, all right. Uh, as, as the great Stone Cold Steve Austin said, I'll take it from your nurse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you get that reference? Yeah. I did get that one. Stone, Stone Cold, all right. right, right during my era. Yeah, all right. There you go. <laughs> so, um, first of all, kudos to the Eagles. Not only are they the last undefeated team. They are also out here making moves because they have their eyes on the prize. And for the past three weeks, it's been a reoccurring thing. I love it when teams go for it. And, you know, the Eagles have a ton of picks, but they are still going for it. So kudos to their front office for just absolutely owning this season on the field and off the field. Uh, But I also want to um, throw out a little bit of caution. I think I saw something in uh, Kenny Pickett about middle ways to, through the end of that um, uh, game last week. That brother's going to be good. You think and so? Joy- yeah, I see it. I see it. It's it's, it's something something there, absolutely. And uh, first of all, I trust I trust Pittsburgh. When it comes to developing talent, I trust Pittsburgh almost over anybody. Uh, those guys, they always, man, especially with, with receivers. But, uh, you know, I mean, Roethlisberger was there, and he had to play his first year a lot like Kenny Pickens is having to play his first year. So, yeah, I see something there. I don't know if they're going to be able to exploit that enough to get a victory, but I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh could keep it close enough. Um, And they could keep it close enough to at least, uh, you know, cover the spread. So we'll stay within the points. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with Philly. I'm not about to go against an undefeated team, against an undermanned Pittsburgh team. But I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh made a game out of it. Right. I'll take um, Philly, Philadelphia as well. Probably not the points, but I can see the Eagles definitely winning by a touchdown easily. Uh, and, again, what Terrence was referring to us a minute ago with the Eagles going for it, going for it all and being aggressive with the picks and all of that was – Pretty much just swapping out players for fourth round picks. Uh, Nick, um, what was it again? Was it Jalen Rager that you all yeah, traded? So we traded Jalen Rager early in the season or before the season 
for a fourth round pick to uh, the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. and then turn around and use that fourth round pick to acquire Robert Quinn, which, which ha- I couldn't be happy about. Which is what happened on Thursday. They went for Robert Quinn. And there's also the rumors of them uh, possibly trading for Alvin uh, Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. So the more I've seen on that, the more I've seen that that's coming from a lot of um, unverified sources. Okay. And, uh, it seems like it might be just a lot more talk than anything because okay. the same source is also saying that uh, the Saints are asking for their first round pick back, essentially, which Howard Rose was not going to do that. I mean, we've seen how smart he's been. No, you're not getting a first round pick. Wow. Right. We've seen how smart he's, how smart he's been. Yeah. Uh, you know, this this entire, you know, stretch that he's had Robert Quinn, AJ Brown, CJ Gardner, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, um, unless there's that, unless there's a conversation going on that these unverified sources really just don't know that they're right about, uh, I'm kind of really hesitant, hesitant on whether or not we're actually in the market for him. Well, FYI, um, I don't know if it's going to happen with Alvin Kamara or not, but Kareem Hunt is also probably going to be available for trade, and he's just as good for a lot cheaper. You can get him in a, on a bargain uh, if, he, he? if if he'll be available. I, yeah, kind of. I mean, look. You think he's just as good as Alvin Kamara? I mean, kind of. He's just splitting carries with another good damn you, back you mean, you mean, right now. You, you mean for that price? For that price? I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, like, you could get a bargain if you were to say, okay, well, let me bring in Hunt and, you know, like, He's the second back right now on the Cleveland roster, but he can start at a lot of, on a lot of other teams. So yeah, that's true, but I mean, he's he, he's well. I'll say this: he's a different kind of running back, right? Like Alvin Kamara is the kind of newer age running back, shifty, catch out of the backfield, do, does all those different things. And Kareem Hunt is is more of your bruiser. Um, well, Kareem Hunt can uh, catch the ball out of the backfield as well, though. He, he can, yeah, but he, but he's he's more of a bruiser than than what Alvin Kamara is. Um, he's a guy that, that you you know he, you're going to put him a little more more between the tackles than than what Kamara. Uh, I don't I don't know that I quite call him quite on that same level with Kamara. At least, at least a healthy and, and well functioning Kamara. Obviously, um, this season with their quarterback troubles, uh, he may not have been quite the player that he has been previously. But um, you know when he's at his best, I think Kamara's still still a little bit ahead of him. Yeah, I'm not so much putting him on his level, but I'm saying like you'll come out better coming out with Hunt. For a much cheaper bargain than you would going yeah, for a commercial. As far as what you're you. going to give up, yeah. But again. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, but again, I don't think you need either one. I thought Miles Sanders was getting the job done anyway, so I don't get it. I do like teams that are aggressive and they go for it. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that's the position that you need to upgrade. Like, the same thing for my Niners. Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if we needed Christian McCaffrey, though. I appreciate them being aggressive, saying we're going for it, but. Why have they not signed Indomitian Sue yet? That's they need him a lot more in the interior than they do Christian McCaffrey because, I mean, unless Christian McCaffrey can stop the run, I mean, it wasn't necessary. But I appreciate it. But you know, like that's not enough. The Niners have issues on defense and with these injuries, and they're not really addressing that. So anyway, uh, that's the point that I was trying to make with that. Uh, again, the Eagles are definitely going for what they think is theirs. They are pulling off some L.A. Rams stuff. The L.A. Rams have everybody, you know, like doing that now, being aggressive, F them picks. And that's exactly what some of these teams are doing now, taking the F them picks approach. And I don't blame them at all. I like that. F the picks, go get the chips. It works. It's Th- proven. That's it. F the picks, go get the chips. I'm the sorry. The problem is that the Phillies doing this and they still have a ton of picks. <laughs> so right. it's just Deal. That it's is a nightmare, man. Very impressive. Very impressive. That could be dangerous for the NFL, too, if they keep this up. All right, Nick, you can keep it rolling. Well, let's move on to a third game in the NFC East. 
The three and four Washington Commanders visit the three three and one Indianapolis Colts. Oh my God! Colts are a are a three point favorite uh, without Matt Ryan starting this week. Yeah, I got. Uh, there's no way in hell I'm betting on the Colts right now. I don't, they're, they're about to put a guy in a quarterback that I have no idea even first thing about. Um, I know Tyler Haneke is not the best in the world, but he does come in and, and gives you good, solid plays. Uh, and you know what? And I, and I think that I, w- I want to say I just like this Washington team better anyway, so I'm going to roll with Washington here. I don't know what the Colts are doing. They are very much, to me, the disappointment of the season because I think we all had them picked to win that division. And, you know, you just expected them to at least be to at least be competent on offense, and that has not been the case. Jonathan Taylor, to me, has not uh, had a great season. I think he's been a little banged up. Maybe they get him back on track. I'm not sure. But until I see something different, I cannot uh, put my uh, put my name beside any on this one. I'm going to roll with Washington. Hey, man, T- Taylor Heineke is just like uh, my favorite beer in the world. Heineken, <laughs> and he's he's very refreshing, and that's exactly what I think about when I think of the Commanders and Heineke getting the start and getting a win. Now that Wentz is down, I don't think Wentz will be getting his job back if Taylor can keep playing the way he played, beating Aaron Rodgers last week. I'm going with the Commanders also, and uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about the Indianapolis Colts right now. Give me Heineke. I think this is our third clean sweep so far, this guys. This far, uh, so, guys, mm. I'm also going with Washington. Uh, like I said, you are dealing with two teams who are playing backup quarterbacks, albeit Heineke definitely has um, a good bit more experience. This is Sam Ellinger's second year. He played at Texas, by the way, Terrence. Um, okay. Yeah, second year in the league. Uh, you know, I think well, I'm pretty sure, right, pretty sure it's his first start. Um, so, I'm rolling with Washington. This was pretty easy. Uh, it's also nice that they've got plus eyes on them, so. Uh, I think I'm seeing a sneaky good parlay, um, NFC East featuring parlay, getting put together here. Speaking of the NFC East, let's go ahead and finish that division out. Uh, the three and four Chicago Bears visit the five and two Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are a nine and a half point favorite at home. Anybody feeling like an upset? That no. Nine and a half is kind of kind of steep there. I don't know, but no, I wouldn't there, say upset. There's a lot of points. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Um, okay, okay. So hear me out here. The Bears. What's the record? What's the Bears' record? Three and four. Three and four. Okay, so not out of it. Uh, why are they out here trading the starting DN and 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 not paying the starting linebacker? Somebody, somebody, exclude me up on this. Because they're not very good and they know it. Hmm. Which is why I can't pick them to beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys they- have have shown you, I, I think they've shown us all that the NFC East, which we laughed at, we we, we called the NFC least, you know, quite often the past couple of years, yes. has all of a sudden become the best division in football. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that uh, the Cowboys are 5-2. and two. They had lost their starting quarterback. Didn't really, they only lost one game with the starter out. And they're still third in the division. So uh, yeah, I'm going to roll the Cowboys here. And to give them a little more credit, the one game they lost was still the best team in the league. So I mean, you know, how bad, how bad is it? Are you giving Are you giving the Cowboys credit or the Eagles? I'm just saying the one game they lost was against the best team in the league. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> he's not lying though. <laughs> uh, he's not. He's not. Um, 
Yeah, guys, I'm, I mean, like I said, this is uh, is a rocket science here. I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, I think with Dak being in the second week back. Uh, I'll be the, the Bears showed a little something last week, you know, beating the Patriots. So the Patriots aren't a very good team. Um, but the way they beat them, I think, was, was slightly impressive. Um, shows, you know, a team that may be slightly turning the corner there, but uh, not enough to beat this Dallas team. I think Dak, with his second week back from injury, uh, may have one of his best games of the season, uh, which is obviously his third game of the year, so I'm not saying a whole lot. But, uh, you know, I think it, I think it would be a good statement game for him to kind of say he's back. And uh, so I, I would actually almost be comfortable taking the points in this one. Uh, like I said, it's at nine and a half. So uh, I'm taking the Cowboys, obviously. Okay. Well, I'll take the Cowboys also, even though I was kind of wanting to pull the trigger on that upset with the Bears. But, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'll say the Cowboys will take the win if the Cowboys keep doing what they did last week, keep calling plays as if Dak still has a thumb injury and let them hand that ball off. As long as they keep running the football and playing defense, they'll be fine. But if they start throwing that football more, like Terrence said, they will do at times when Dak is back. He will be the reason why they're holding the Cowboys back. But I'll take that. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, let's move on to the 3-4 three and four San Francisco 49ers visiting the 3-3 three and three Los Angeles Rams. Uh-oh. 49ers are a one-and-a-half point favorite in Los Angeles. Jarvis, do you also make the clean sweep of all three of us having winning teams this week? Uh, no, I will not. Um, I don't, I I don't, you know, remember what I told you about the Rams and 49ers, uh, the 49ers have beaten the Rams seven straight times in the, in the, uh, regular season. And that only loss is that NFC championship game from last year. I don't know now guys, sometimes they will win eight straight, but I think usually at seven, that's when it comes to an end. So I'll say all of that to say this, I've said that the Rams will beat them after seven straight victories i think the rams get this win the niners will be three and five the niners were three and five last year also though before they went on a tear and was one game away from the nfc i mean one game away from the super bowl after a three and five start i don't i'm not saying they're gonna do that again but i i i think the niners are gonna lose this game debo is day-to-day don't know if he's playing um that sounds like a loss to me Without Debo and, you know, without him doing the things that he does to, that frustrates the hell out of the Rams. Christian McCaffrey says he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. That's good. Well, I wish he could take that chip and put it in the interior of the D-line so we could stop somebody <laughs> in the running game. Uh, because we still need that. And Dominican Sue is just chilling somewhere. We need to sign him uh, until we get some of these guys back on defense. Uh, and, again, with all these injuries, <laughs> I mean, the Rams coming off a bye, man. I'm taking the Rams. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, I'm going with the Rams here. Um, maybe they'll probably win by four. See what you got? Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm actually with Jarvis on this. I think that uh, hey, it's it's hard to beat a team eight times in a row, and it's not like it's like different iterations of the team. These are, these are primarily the same guys, you know, for the most part. And I just think that at some point the Rams excuse me, have to get one in. But I, I don't see them winning by anything more than a field goal. Uh, but I will take the Rams on this. At some point, they just got to sneak a win in some kind of way. Yep. Jarvis, I dare you. I, it's not, I'm not picking against your team. I'm taking the 49ers to win the game. Wow. I think um, Christian McCaffrey comes in at a very opportune time for the 49ers, considering that Debo seems uh, unlikely to play. 
He did miss his second straight practice today. Uh-huh. Um, I'm still taking the 49ers to get it done. I'm not sure if Nick Bosa is supposed to be back this week. Um, but whether he is or not, I, I, I have lost a lot of faith in uh, in the Rams. And so because of that, uh, I'm riding with the 49ers. Well, D'Amico Ryans, I tell you what, he showed a lot of weaknesses last week. Andy Reid exposed him on a lot of different things. Those quick screens, you know, the things that they do to slow down the pass rush in San Francisco uh, and make Bosa and some of these other guys non-factors because of it. So, look, I'm just saying the Rams, as bad as they have been, coming off of a bye week, I'm sure McVay has put together some type of game plan that can get over, that can get them over the hump this time. Uh, again, I hope I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I hear you. Well, I'm I'm disappointed. I wouldn't bet against my team in the situation, but you know my team's really good. Anyways, um, <laughs> moving on in the battle for the lead in the NFC South, the two and five Carolina Panthers visit the three and four Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are a four point favorite at home. Y'all got? It. And yes, you mm. heard that correctly. That is the battle for the lead for first place in the NFC South. <laughs> the, the Falcons, wow. the Falcons, and who now? The Falcons are at home against who? Falcons are at home against Carolina. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Wow, that is. I'm, 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 how many points? How many points are they favorite? Uh, Atlanta's a four point favorite. A four point favorite. Uh-huh. You know what? Atlanta. Give me the home team, man, because I just I don't really have any faith in Carolina. Uh, for the very same reason, I don't have faith in Indy. I just think that Tampa's that bad, and Carolina kind of stumped them down last week. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to roll with the Falcons on this. Really, just by default, because I don't have any faith in uh, in Carolina at all. Well, Carolina's not as bad as we thought. The defense is pretty good. It, that we, we've kept saying that, um, but they traded Christian McCaffrey, and then they come out and get a win. Uh, the 49ers trade for Christian McCaffrey, and they come out and get another loss. So I mean, the NFL is just so tricky. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I kind of want to go with Carolina here. But uh, Dan Pease is doing a good job over there in Atlanta, calling, I think, the defensive plays again. Uh, a lot of Titan fans remember him and Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, he came out and said, we're not going to be bad. We're not going to suck anymore. I'm, I, that, that's just not going to happen with me here. And he's doing a good job with Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. So I'll go ahead and take the Falcons at home. Um, that offense can be very explosive at home, man. When they get out to these hot starts, watch out. That defense will fly around, man. So, yeah, I'll take ATL. I'm going to once again be the different one on this game. I'm taking Carolina. Uh, the I think about Carolina's situation is that um, although they're a team that seems to be obviously taking, um, you know, trading their best player and, and um, you know, setting the quarterback situation they got going on, I think their quarterback situation as well as the coaching situation uh, kind of is what, is what is fueling them right now. You know, you got two guys. In those positions that are really fighting to show that hey they you know they belong in this league and belong and deserve to have uh, those jobs as head coach and, and starting quarterback. Um, now obviously PJ Walker doesn't necessarily have a resume. Excuse me, that would suggest that you know he's really a guy you're looking to be a, a long term starter. Um, but Steve Wilkes, you know he's he's a guy that's been a coach in the league for quite some time. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, he was the guy in Arizona for their mm-hmm. interim job or, or for a short time before they brought in Cliff Kingsbury. So. He's definitely look, looking to get another shot. And uh, so I think Carolina goes out and, and get this one done. Um, in a close game for sure. Uh, but I, I think they can get it done. I do like P.J. Walker. I do like him. Okay. I, I, like, I like him too. I mean, he's not great. Nah, uh, nah. But he, he shows some flashes that, that are, are intriguing. Right. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's oh, move man. on. 
let's move on. We're going to jump ahead to the Monday Nighter. Uh, we've got the, what is their record? we got the 4-3 Cincinnati Bengals visiting the 2-5 Cleveland Browns. Uh, as we just heard the breaking news earlier today, Jamar Chase is out for the next four to six weeks uh, with a hip injury that Jarvis has very little belief in. Uh, Bengals are a three-point favorite on the road. Who y'all got? Bengals are three-point favorite on the road. Three and a half. Uh, hmm. You know what? I'm actually going to roll with Cleveland on this. I think that Cleveland found some good offensive rhythm, albeit against my Ravens last week. Um, and, you know, possibly could have could have at the very least tied it up. But, um, but yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with Cleveland on this. Hey, listen, division game, anything can happen. Jacoby Brissett does not get enough love. He is not a bad quarterback. That is not a bad team. They might be able to control the game on the ground with, um, with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And just keep it close enough and maybe win by a field goal late. So I'm going to roll with Cleveland on that. Uh, I hate to do this. I hate to keep doing this, but I'm going with uh, with T. I got to agree with him. Give me <laughs> give me Cleveland. Give me Cleveland, man. I really want to argue with you guys. And there's no debate here, man. I, I, I just – Jamar Chase going down is just – I mean, it, it, it just sounds like they're about to, you know, they're about to lose some games here. And – I think that that's the reason why he's going down, so they can lose some of these games. Because I am not um, convinced that he's injured. Seriously, if that's the play that you guys sent me, um, that that doesn't tell me that he hurt his hip. I know that it could just happen, but I'm calling bull job on that. And um, I think that this is just the league's way of saying, "Hey, the Bengals aren't doing anything. Well, we got to pull the best player off the field. We will." Uh, so give me the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb, man. He's 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 the, he's the best running back in the league right now uh, for this season, and he should he should be talked about a little bit more than what he is. That's just a team that's just not uh, consistent enough over there. The defense has been inconsistent as well. But without Jamar Chase, I'll go ahead and rock with Cleveland for some of the same reasons as Terrence stated. Jacoby Brissett is not a bad quarterback, but he can make bad decisions every now and then when it matters the most, and that's why they definitely need Deshaun Watson back. Uh, I will take Cleveland as well, though. Well, I think it's odd to say that uh, that Jacoby Brissett can make bad decisions when it, when it counts the most. When obviously Deshaun Watson has a uh, relatively public record of making some twenty some odd bad decisions, but that's neither here nor there. Jarvis, if you don't want to bring the debate to the show, I certainly will continue to. I'm going with the Bengals. I understand that Jamar Chase is out, um, great a player as he is. Um, I heard I heard what you said, Terrence, that you know Jacoby Brissett is not a bad quarterback, but Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, and so for that reason, pretty pretty much that reason alone. I'm rolling with the Bengals to get it done. They've been on a roll the last couple of weeks, and I, I don't see Cleveland slowing that down this week. Joe Burrow, he is a bad boy. He is he, a bad he, man. He's a bad one, man. I, I, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying watching him. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to the AFC East. You have the three and four New England Patriots visiting the five and two New York Jets. Mac Jones is reinserted as the starter for the for the uh, for the Patriots. Uh, did I say three and two Jets? I should have said five and two New York Jets. Excuse me. I thought it said six. I was a three and two. Um, believe it or not, New England Patriots are a two and a half point favorite visiting the Jets. Who y'all got? I don't know why. I'm taking the Jets. T? <laughs> I am also taking the Jets. Belichick doesn't even know who the hell he wants to play a quarterback. 
Belichick is a is a habitual parlay screw upper. <laughs> this is my PG. This is my PG version. You can fill yeah. in the blank. Yeah. And right. Why the hell would you take your quarterback out? And th- and now you're saying you're gonna start him on Sunday. Belichick, get out of here, man. Go retire. It's time. I'm sick of you. Oh man. <laughs> wow. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I he he definitely hurt me also oh, on Monday night. It's yeah. if, 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 hey, if, you know what? Let me take it a step further. It's time for us to pose a question: If Bel- if 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 uh, Bledsoe never got hurt, what Bel- well, how different would Belichick's legacy be? Oh wow! He would just be a mean old man if he Ooh. if he uh, if, if Bledsoe never got hurt. Ooh, hot takes. Terrence is putting the, the boxing gloves on for real on this one. Okay, because like it, it pisses me off when he does dumb things like that. Yeah, and and um, I'm not even gonna bring up the cheating scandals, but like <laughs> a situation like that where you take your starting quarterback out who's fought very hard to come out from an ankle injury, he makes a bonehead play. That pick was not a good play. I get it, uh, but that didn't warrant taking him out and not putting him back in at all. I'm saying that because he messed up my parlay. And then you look at the Super Bowl against the Eagles where he took um, Malcolm Butler out for no reason at all, and Malcolm Butler didn't know about it until right before the game started. Like to me, that's just those are the it's yeah. not cool. Yeah, but those are the type of things that tell me that hey, we're not gonna win this game. Okay, let's not let me look like a out coached. I don't want to look like I mean, the guy that I'm got sure, out coached. Sure Nick is not complaining about about Malcolm Butler not playing that game, but I am. I, I, of course not. But about that's my point exactly. I, I'm just like those are some of the reasons that make you scratch your head. And if you have to scratch your head, then something's probably not right about this situation. Why didn't he play? This is the reason why they knew they weren't going to win. What wasn't right is Belichick. That's what wasn't right. Yeah, but, I mean, I just think he knows better. I just think that that's something that they did because it could be a reason on why they lost. Uh, but, yeah, yeah I'm, we agree with taking uh, the the opponent of the Patriots, and that is Absolutely. the Jets. Uh, New York Jets, if they win this game, ladies and gentlemen, they will be six and freaking two. Robert Salah, he's got a shoebox full of receipts right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that Super Bowl I remember very fondly, albeit very fuggly. Uh, that being said, rolling into this one, guys, I guess it's going to become a theme on this episode that you two are going to agree, and I am going to. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to take the Jets. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you know the uh, the Patriots. I mean, they're as far as, especially offensively, they're a train wreck right now, um, and that, I think that's really the biggest issue there. Uh, Terrence with the hot take about whether or not Bill Belichick would even be mentioned as a great coach, let alone arguably the greatest coach of all time if, if Drew Bledsoe never got hurt. is very interesting. Um, it's certainly not going to be uh, – he's not going to help himself in that argument this week. Uh, you have an offense that's struggling and going against a defense like the Jets that's shown to be uh, much better than a lot of people anticipated. And certainly Sauce Gardner is uh, climbing the ranks of corner of defensive backs in the league here pretty quickly. Uh, I'm riding with the Jets. I, I'm, I'm taking that upset as well. And like I said, this uh, this parlay is starting to look very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. It is. All right. Not too much more interesting left here, guys. Um, we got the two and five, two and four Las Vegas Raiders visiting the two and five New Orleans Saints. And the Raiders are a one and a half point favorite on the road. Who y'all got? I'm actually calling for Raiders and a blowout. And I, I took a look at the Raiders' schedule. I think they might pull off four or five wins in a row here. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't either. I'm taking the Raiders also. I, I'm sorry, Terrence. I keep agreeing with you, man. I apologize. <laughs> and, <laughs> and while we're on the Raiders, I want to give a shout-out, man, 
one of my coworkers, Alton Brown, is like, I mean, you could say, hey, man, your shoe is untied. Well, yeah, you know, my Raiders won Sunday. Let me tie the shoe up. You know, that's just <laughs> literally everything you talk to him about. He is going to find a way to incorporate the Raiders into the conversation. And him and I were joking the other day because he's got a Raiders schedule posted up by his door, like a, not just in the schedule, like a big calendar of all the games. And I'm looking at this calendar, you know, with the games on. I'm like, hey, man, y'all be okay. You, you guys should win four or five in a row. He's like, yeah, man, I can just go by and write checks on them. These games are already won. That's just Alton, man. He's He is hilarious. So, shout like out to Alton. I like uh, I'll make sure I send a link to his email so he can hear this. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, the Raiders. I think he'll be fine after this week also. Yeah. Well, just like the last game, guys, I'm going to ride with you guys as well. Uh, the Saints are starting Andy Dalton this week, albeit uh, from what I've read. I think James oh, Winston is healthy. Um, and I kind of agree with Terrence. They do have a chance to kind of run off some wins here. They got New Orleans this week. They visit Jacksonville next week. Uh, then they have Indianapolis coming to town. Then they go to Denver uh, before they go to Seattle uh, in week 12. That could be their, their next loss. Um, just just looking at the schedule and looking at it on paper. So I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Because um, uh, that one is not an upset technically, I don't believe. I think I said they're a one-and-a-half point favorite. Nick, if Jameis, uh, Winston, if Jameis Winston is available, why the hell is he not playing? Can you can you can you solve that for me? What why? Why would the Saints do that? Did I just I mean, hear I you say he's just, available? Just straight up early on, he didn't he didn't look great. Uh, you know, I think there was some higher because of the injury, right? So certainly for me, and uh, you know, I'm included in that crowd. Uh, there was some higher expectations for the Saints this year, and they uh, they just haven't met them. Albeit, yes, they have been some injuries. Uh, Michael Thomas hasn't really come back to form. Uh, Jarvis Landry has been out. Chris Olave has been out. Uh, but, you know, that's just kind of one of those things. And so the Saints are deciding to, to I guess, move towards making a change. Uh, obviously, they're, they're going to start Andy Dalton this week. So okay, uh, what, I, what I don't understand is we say that we say that James hasn't looked good, but Dalton literally threw a game away last week. Yeah, pretty much. Literally threw it away. So, I, I, I mean, I – Sounds like some tanking's know, going man. on. I don't know. Sounds I, like I, some I tanking's going on to me. Well, I don't, I don't see much difference in between Jameis and, and, and Andy Dalton, to be honest. I think Andy Dalton peaked his first year or two in the league, and he never really got better. He was just good enough. I, he, Yeah, but I always believed that there was more to Jameis. Um, but we just never really saw his full potential, and I don't know if we ever will. So I, I think that we kind of cling on to Jameis because of the untapped potential. But I just because he's still a young dude. What Jameis like twenty? What twenty six, twenty seven, something like that? I think Jameis is a little closer to thirty. He should, okay, he all right. Should but be I mean, the quarterback years they don't get hit a lot. They're still pretty young, so right. Uh, I just I think we cling on to him because of the untapped potential. But I just I don't know if we'll ever see it. And I and I don't think the New Orleans is really the place right now. It was a year or two ago. It's not this year because uh, Sean Payton's not there. Michael Thomas to me doesn't want to be there, and and you know he ain't getting any any younger. Yeah. Uh, so it's, to me, it's just not the it's not the the attractive place that it they have become the NFC Pittsburgh Steelers. Good offense, media, uh, good good defense, mediocre offense. Yeah. And to me, that's not really the place for James. And they don't have a they don't have a um, Mike Tomlin there either. So. Yeah. Right. Good luck. Yeah, if they could, if, if they could all get healthy at the same time, the Saints could get very interesting. But um, that seems to be. Man, Michael Thomas ain't been healthy in three years. Not with Andy Dalton, that's, they wouldn't that, know. That's true. 
I, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Uh, I'm also not going to speculate on why Andy Dalton is seemingly getting a longer leash than uh, James Winston. I'll just leave that uh, for you guys, for, for the listeners to speculate <laughs> on why that may be. Um, but, yeah, you know, with that being said, like I said, I'm, I'm sticking with the Raiders. Uh, I think Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and those guys kind of get it on track this week and uh, get ready to, you know, they're poised to make a run, as Terrence said. All right. Is All it, right. Is and it? let's see, just a few more left. Uh, we're going to have to spend a lot of time on this one. We've got the 2-5 and five Denver Broncos visiting the 2-5 and five Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars are a two-and-a-half point favorite at home. Who y'all got? And home is London, right? Home is London. Yeah, that is correct. Oh. You know what? I'll, I'll be quick. Broncos will pull it out. I, I just I just don't see how. And, 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 this one, and I, he wants to play it. They, I think they're trying to hold him back. But I think he he wants to play. Apparently on the plane ride, he was doing high knees and stretching the whole plane ride. So. Down the aisle. This dude is something else. He's also a weird dude. <laughs> it's that, it's that, it's, 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 I'm telling you, it's that Colorado bud, man. You know what? Maybe he needs that bud, Jarvis. Probably so. Probably right. so. I, I, think, I think that's probably closer to the truth. I think he needs that bud. Could be. Uh, Wilson, he's more like Pete Carroll than he realizes. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, right, he's more right. like he's more like Pete Carroll than he realizes. But anyway, yeah. uh, I'm going to go with the Broncos. I just feel like they'll find a way to pull it out. Mm. Um, I don't know, man. I'm gonna go with the Jags here just because there was a there was a report that came out earlier in the week stating that the Broncos are on the edge with their coach. What's his name again? McDaniel. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Nathaniel Hackett. And I'm ready for Hackett to get fired. I said a few weeks ago, this dude is he so should. bad. He could get fired his first season in Denver mid season. You know what? He should get fired. And the person that hired him should be fired. Yeah, pretty much because, because he, that, you know, he means I know what fire. Him. Hey, Look, the guy Nathaniel, I've never Nathaniel Hack allowed on his resume. Yeah, never, n- never have I seen a coach get hired, and he had to hire another coach to help him coach the team. Uh, Thank you, the coach, coach. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I want him to get fired. He needs to get fired. Denver can be much better. I'm thinking without him. So yeah, give me the Jags, and then let the firing begin, and then we'll go from there in Denver. Yeah, I'm going to do something I don't normally like to do, and I'm going to agree with Jarvis. <laughs> I'm, going with the Jag- I'm going with the Jaguars. Uh, I think they're just a better team. Uh, let me ask you this, Terrence. Does it matter? Does it change your opinion at all whether or not Russell Wilson plays? Uh, yes, if he doesn't play, I'm going with Jacksonville. Who is their backup anyways? I don't know. I <laughs> That's also why I'm going with Jacksonville. I forgot who Fair it was enough. also. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Is that uh, it? Let's see. No? Another one we probably have to spend a whole lot of time on. Uh, the 4-3 Miami Dolphins visit the 1-5 Detroit Lions. Dolphins oh, are a three-and-a-half point favorite on the road. You know what? How do we always find ourselves here with the Lions? Like, are they ever going to be good in our lifetime? Hmm. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, go, give me give me um, uh, Miami and fire the whole Lions front office coach everything, like, I don't know how they're always this bad. I'll take the Dolphins also, and I don't mind taking the three and a half either. I'm surprised it's only three and a half. Give me the, give, right. me, the, give me the Dolphins. I'm gonna make that a clean sweep. I'm taking the Dolphins as well. Uh, Detroit, albeit they they found themselves in some closer games than I think a lot of people expected. Uh, they won't be able to pull it out on this one either. Uh, they they just don't have the defense 
to be able to start their passing attack for the Dolphins. I think a second week back in for Tua gets him kind of back back uh, back right and back to the, the team we were seeing uh, early in the season before. Obviously, he had those back to back concussions. Even though they wanted to say the first week was a back injury, whatever. Uh, I'm going with the Dolphins. Okay. All right, and I think the last one that we have is the three and four Arizona Cardinals visiting the five and one. Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are a three and a half point favorite at home. Arizona Cardinals and Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Hmm. That sounds like a big who cares fest, but you know. The Vikings are coming out of the Vikings are coming out of the I'll flip my coin here and go with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I say that because I don't I don't know what it is about the Cardinals. I always see them as like this. Offensive juggernaut, even though they're not always that. <laughs> so I think I kind of overplayed my hand with them. And I don't want to do that this week. I'm going to go with Minnesota. I very, very much like Justin Jefferson, so I look for him and Kirk Cousins to both have uh, big games. That's a tricky one for me. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals actually come in there and steal that victory. But the Vikings right. are coming off, the Vikings are coming off of a bye, a bye week, I believe. And... Um, I'll just I, I'm kind of with T on flipping that coin, and I I ride with right for right now he's been playing like my first cousin, so I'll go with I'll go with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, uh you know so I got the coleslaw I got the potato salad the you know I got the barbecue and everything for him, uh, don't make me regret it don't make me take that plate back, he's right now he's at the family reunion, I'll take the Vikes first cousins. Well, this is going to feel back to normal. Uh, I'm going to flip my coin as well with minus one to land on a red bird. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals in the upset. I think uh, with the return of DeAndre Hopkins last week, or two weeks ago, excuse me, after his, uh, what they just had the bye week, as you said. So, sorry, Minnesota just had the bye week. DeAndre Hopkins came back last week, uh, second game back. I think he's going to have a, have a big game there. And I think it'll be enough to lift the Cardinals over the Vikings. Okay. And I was wrong. We have one more game left on the week. We have the four and two Tennessee Titans visiting the one four and one Houston Texans. Titans are a two and a half point favorite on the road. That's all. Well, That's the, it. The Texans defense is pretty stout though, and it's a division game. So, and the Titans aren't a great team. They're not. They're not very explosive offense. Nah, uh, they don't. They got Derrick Henry, but that's about all they got. Right. Right. And you know what? And let me have the Texans. We've got to have an upset in here somewhere. <laughs> I called a couple of oh. episodes for you already. Where you been? Yeah, I, but I don't trust your opinion, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> right. When I say we, I mean me. I've got to have an upset in here somewhere. And none of them felt right to call except this one. This one feels right. And, yeah, so I'm going to roll with the Texans on this, as a matter of fact. It definitely could be an upset. But I have said a while back that I thought the Titans would, you know, get on a roll. And they have gotten on a roll. Mike Vrabel, yeah, somehow, some way, he just gets winning records. Um, he's not going to have a losing record too quick. He just gets it done somehow, some way. And the fact that he's doing it without a AJ Brown, without their starting left tackle Taylor Lewan, <clears throat> and let's be real, it took a while before Derrick Henry really got it going because that offensive line just is banged up. But Jeffrey Simmons is a hell of a talent in the middle. He's in a contract year, looking to get paid. The defense is starting to pick things up. And again, how about the Titans after an 0-2 start, 4-0? Yeah, 
I'm gonna make it five. I think they go in there and they win by at least a field goal. No matter how stout the defense is and with the Texans, I'll take the Titans. Tighten up. Yeah, I'm gonna let Terrence stand on that island on his own with that upset. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with the Titans. Uh, just for the sounds like Nick. Reason. Sounds like Nick doesn't trust my opinion either. I don't. I right, do right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm gonna ride with the Titans. Like I said, they're, they're the better team. Uh, Texas do have a stout defense. The game definitely could be interesting. It could be a very close game. Uh, you know, I could de- I could definitely see the Texans potentially covering that two and a half, and it may be a, a situation where the Titans win it with the last second field goal. Uh, went by one to two points, but I, I'm going to go with the Titans. Um, now that we're done with the games, I want to say this real quick. Um, I will not be surprised, even though I've said that the Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl still. I'm, I'm not backing off of that yet. Eight and three, Tom Brady in Super Bowls. If he's going to do it, I think it's this year. I don't think he comes back next year. I don't think he comes back this year and not win the whole thing. I will not be surprised, and I have to say this about two games for whatever reason, it's just – like my gut feeling, my instinct is telling me that the 49ers and the Chief game, we could possibly see that game again this year. It would have to be the Super Bowl, though, where it would be a different result. The Niners finally could beat the Chiefs in the third time around if they meet up in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs definitely look like they can go if they bypass Buffalo or they'll beat Buffalo in the postseason when it matters still. We know that, it seems. The Niners, if they can get healthy, they're definitely a Super Bowl contending team. I won't be surprised if the Niners and Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl and this time the Niners are beating them. I don't think that'll happen, but for some reason I got that feeling that something just didn't feel right about that and it should have left a bad taste in the Niners' mouth. Now, I'll say that and then I'll come back to Thursday night's football game. Remember when I said that the Baltimore Ravens will probably be the team that'll go into Buffalo in the postseason and beat them? Well, that may be the game that'll get them in the Super Bowl. Who could they possibly see in the Super Bowl? Those Buccaneers again? I wouldn't be surprised if that was a Super Bowl preview. And in the rematch, I hate to do this to you, T. I could see Brady getting his revenge on everybody that he's lost to this season damn near. In the postseason all the way into the Super Bowl. And he could actually beat Baltimore and win his eighth Super Bowl. It's something about those two games. Tampa Bay and Baltimore, San Francisco and Kansas City. I don't know. I don't know. I won't be surprised if I see one of those games again in February. All right. Uh, we I are. Wrong, I was wrong again. Yeah, I was, I was, go ahead, Nick. Because I was wrong again. We, have, we got one more game on the schedule. I missed the Sunday nighter. What? Uh, Damn. Uh, we got the Packers and Bucks, right? Packers yeah, three and four, Bills. Uh, Green Bay Packers visiting the 5-1 Buffalo Bills. Bills are a 10.5 point favorite at home. Man, we should Bills, every, every single one of the points. This should have been the first game we did. <laughs> damn, damn <dude. laughs> What the hell? I thought it was going to be. <laughs> How was this the last game that we do, Nick? <laughs> I wonder I, 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 I start with. I think I started with, uh, what? I think I started with you, didn't I? Nah, you started with the Ravens and then, yeah. Yeah, nah, you went ahead and got yours out the way and then, I don't know, it went, it went, it went left after that, I guess, then. I forgot all about that game. I, was, I, was <laughs> I forgot about that game. Find, some, find the more interesting ones, but yeah. I mean, all of them are just kind of, eh. Well, do you think this is interesting? I mean, I know it's Green Bay, and they're not looking good right now. No, but, I but, don't. but they're going to Buffalo. No, and it's, it's not. If, if, if Aaron Rodgers was not the quarterback of this team, it would not be even worth discussing. Okay, I don't yeah. see this being much of a game, to be honest. I think that Buffalo uh, – I know Nick wants to call the Eagles the best team in the league, and rightfully so they're undefeated. But if anybody says that Buffalo is, I can't really argue with them. Uh, Buffalo is just explosive on offense. 
Uh, Josh Allen is just a monster to try and stop, and the defense is not bad either. So I'm, I'm going to roll with Buffalo, and the conversations Monday morning will be, you know, is this it for Aaron Rodgers or is this it for the Packers or, you know, all those conversations will be swirling Monday morning, and that's just to me how the narrative plays out. So I'm rolling with Buffalo, and they blow out a complete route. Mm. Uh, Which means take the Packers, right? <laughs> 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 right. Well, I mean, look, Buffalo is a damn good team. I told you all, I only see them losing like two games all season long. And they've already got one loss. I don't think this will be the second one right here. I know Aaron Rodgers said that this could be perfect for us. You know, like whatever he was saying, he's trying to say that, hey, watch out. We have nothing to lose going into Buffalo. No, you don't. You don't have anything to lose. But one thing you can lose is the game. And I think that's what you will lose, which will be four straight for Green Bay. Give me Buffalo Bills, man. Yeah, I'm gonna make the clean sweep on this one. That being said, I may sprinkle a little bit on the Packers if I if I think I got a parlay that otherwise is a win, uh, and just run it twice just in case, uh, just because this is the kind of game that Aaron Rodgers would sneak in and find a way to win. Uh, but I, if you ask me to bet on it, I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, Buffalo's just quite frankly the superior team. I think we all know that. It's not not really a big secret. Uh, so I'm going with Buffalo. And Lazard is – I think Lazard is out too for that game Sunday night for Green Bay. Yeah, that, that doesn't move the needle for me either direction. Right, it does not. Okay, let's quickly get into some NBA. Not a lot of games on Thursday night, but the Grizzlies beat the Kings. They're still rolling. Ja Morant, he's still rolling, looking like an MVP in this young early season in the NBA. And um, the Brooklyn Nets, they lose yet another game on their home floor in Brooklyn, to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, guys, at 1-4 now, uh, what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets? I think I heard Stephen A. come out in the middle of the week at some point and say that he will be surprised if Steve Nash is the head coach by the, during the entire season. It does look like he's a bit under uh, overwhelmed. This is overwhelming for him. I don't know. Um, he's doing more going off on the refs than he is coaching. I see no adjustments. Uh, I still don't think they're big enough. Uh, as good and exciting as they are to watch offensively, they can't win games like that all the time. Kyrie, KD putting up 30-plus every night just about. It's still not enough to get them wins. Ben Simmons, need I say more? Uh, he did make a good defensive play later on down the stretch. But, guys, what's up with the Brooklyn Nets? They lose yet another one. And uh, to Luka, I don't know what y'all think of Dallas this year, but what do you think about Brooklyn? Is it time to react or are we relaxing? Uh, me personally, I'm relaxing. I, I think that they'll be fine. Uh, I did see them play, lose a, uh, a game to Milwaukee, I think a couple of nights ago. That I don't know what the final score was, but that game was pretty close in the fourth quarter and Giannis just made plays. I mean, Giannis is going to do that against pretty much anybody. I'm not holding that against them. I think that the real barometer is really how well they gel with uh, Simmons. And this has been the problem with Brooklyn since Durant agreed to sign there. There's just not, they have not been on the court long enough to me to gel into what it, what it's going to take to uh, be a good team or a championship team. You know, that team saw his most success with Durant being out there by himself. Uh, so I just, I, I think the real barometer is going to be, the progress of Ben Simmons getting back into playing form and then seeing how well he gels with Durant and Kyrie 
And uh, right now, that's just not looking that good. But, you know, hey, a couple of weeks, it could look a lot better. And, you know, the NBA, teams go on five, ten games, win the streak all the time. It's nothing. And so I'm not going to sit here and act like the season is all gloom and doom uh, for them. And even, and even for the Lakers, as a matter of fact, I just – I mean, I think that Brooklyn has a lot more upside than the Lakers do. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not because I just know the teams get on runs. Teams make runs, and it's a long season, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just kill them right now. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fire Steve Nash. I'm not gonna trade Ben Simmons or Kyrie. Uh, but you know, it's worth keeping your eye on. But I'm not I'm not gonna react. Yeah, I'm going to relax as well. I am going to fire Steve Nash. I think that's going to be the, the – uh, he's going to end up being the fall guy for kind of what's going on in Brooklyn right now. Uh, but past that, you know, the thing the thing about Brooklyn is that to start the season, they haven't necessarily had the easiest schedule in the world. They started the season against, against New Orleans. Uh, the, their lone win came against Toronto. Uh, then they lost to Memphis, lost to Milwaukee, and, of course, lost to Dallas tonight. I think the bigger conversation at this point is, in my mind, there is a clear top two in terms of the players uh, in the league today. Uh, number one for me is Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. And number two is Luka Doncic. Um, and, and whatever order people want to put those in, I probably wouldn't argue with you. Uh, my only argument would be is that Giannis really gets it done on both ends of the floor. Of the floor. He has the potential any night you know, to be your leading scorer as well as your best defender. Uh, he's a you know, guy I think he's won, he's won what, two defensive players of the year, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so, you know, with a guy like that, uh, you're always going to be a contender. Uh, but the time of, of, you know, LeBron James and, and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry just being kind of that, that clear top three, uh, in my mind, is over. Uh, you know, it's, it's for me, it's Giannis and then Luka. And then Steph is probably third in that conversation, to be honest. You know, I think uh, KD and Braun, the, the age the age and attrition is starting to show this a little bit. Obviously, the Lakers got some bigger problems uh, than what the, what the Nets do, I think, as you pointed out, Terrence. But... Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna just. I'm not gonna throw the towel in on Brooklyn just yet. Uh, like I said, I think once they uh, make the changes at the coaching position and get them put in an interim that can uh, actually, you know, spend some time coaching these guys and, and kind of get them to play together the way they need to be. Obviously, Ben Simmons uh, is gonna be a big part of that. Him getting kind of back into the flow of things. Albeit, I think I did see a highlight of him hairball as a layup tonight. Um, so certainly, he seems to have a long way to go. Uh, but once they can, uh, once he can kind of start start getting together. And uh, like I said, they make a change in the coaching position. I think the Nets will be able to at least find a way as a, as a middle, <laughs> excuse me, middling seed in the playoffs, maybe a five seed or so. And uh, once they get there, you know, with that kind of talent, they can be uh, they can be interesting. So Luka Doncic is a better ball player than John Morant. Yeah, yeah, he's better than John, and I love John. John might might be you know in the five, six, seven conversation uh, in my mind, but uh, but no, Luka Luka's on another level in my opinion. Luka is a Luka is a top three player in the NBA right now. I'm going top two. Top two. And wow. He's probably, he's probably two. Okay. All right. Uh, the the Los Angeles Clippers lost uh, last night to the Oklahoma City Thunder again. Paul George returned to the lineup. It didn't mean a damn thing. They he scored ten points and they were four. He was four of twelve from the field. And guess who didn't play? That damn Kawhi Leonard. Guys, what the hell is going on with the Clippers? What's going on with Kawhi? Why aren't we getting any explanations on why he's not playing? On why he's his minutes are restricted when he does play? On why he came off the bench? What, what the hell is going on with the Clips? 
you know, I don't know exactly what's going on with the Clips, but I will say, I can tell you what's going on with Kawhi. He's just a weird dude. He operates differently. Hmm. You know, people called him a, a what did, was the side was an android, a cyborg, or something like that. Terminator. He was doing the Terminator commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were calling him like a. I think they called him like the android or the cyborg or something. Like that's him. He is mm-hmm. real deal. Like just different. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, I don't know what the season's going to hold if he's going to spend the whole season uh, low managing. And and we've seen in the past that low manage did not save him from an ACL injury. You know, and it's, and it's not going to save this team because the, the unfortunate part is that. Everybody else is still getting better. Denver, Portland campus come out of nowhere. New Orleans has come out of nowhere. Well, not really come out of nowhere, but Phoenix is there. The Golden State is there. The Dallas is there. Uh, they don't really have the time for him to be trying to low manage. And I get it. ACL injury is just coming back. You don't want to rush him back out there. But at the very least, hey, come out and start. And you can load. You can still load your minutes, load your manage your minutes, but you don't have to come off the bench to do that. So I don't, I don't really know what this is. It's just, it's weird, and I, I it's just, it's borderline uh, bothersome is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but the Clippers thing is weird. Um, I, I do, I, I, we're kind of having a conversation with them like we had with the Nets in terms of react or relax. I'm going to relax. Uh, I do think it's, it's a bit much to have Kawhi Leonard come off the bench and kind of having these nights off and that sort of thing. I mean, he's been off for, what, a year and a half at this point? Um, you know, past the injury, I do get that he that he's had a history of injuries. Uh, but by the same token, I, I think what their goal is is to work him back in, kind of not not too differently than what the Golden State Warriors did with Clay Thompson last year, um, to make sure that he is revved up and good to go by the time the playoffs start. So the Clippers have, have enough talent that if they can get the chemistry and get everybody healthy at the same time going into the playoffs. Uh, they could be one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous team. Uh, in the league, so uh, you know I'm not pushing the panic button on the Clippers at this. Excuse me, at this point, um, the Kawhi thing is slightly concerning, but nothing that's going to make me uh, kind of go off the bridge here just yet. Okay. All righty. Well, um, the Grizzlies are four and one in the NBA after winning on the road against Sacramento. Bain had another thirty point night. This is starting to look dangerous, man. Ja is a better shooter, better three point shooter. Bain. He's, he's definitely shot his way out of that slump that he was in to start off the early season, and you know, kind of, kind of finished on a bad with a bad taste in his mouth as well because Golden State, boy, did they play defense in that series last year uh, in the postseason, and they, they only had Ja for two games. So, I just want to ask you guys, where do you see the Memphis Grizzlies in the Western Conference? It's our early season, and we're re, we're relaxing with most of this stuff right now, but. With Bang doing what he's doing now and putting up what he's putting up, Jerry Jackson hadn't even came back in the lineup. He won't be back till probably after Christmas. But what do y'all think about the Grizzlies right now? Um, just for at four and one, what do you what, what what do you see? Like, I mean, some people thought that they may take a step back. They would have to. I don't know. They would have to be number one in order to be better than what they were last year. So nobody knows. You know, if anything, they think they'll probably go down a bit. They're not gonna go any. They're not gonna go up any further. But what do you guys, you know, say about the Memphis Grizzlies right now? I uh, I think that they very much have the potential to be the class of the Western Conference. You know, and I and I also think that most teams, Golden State had the luxury last year of just having good seating and 
didn't have to play Memphis until uh, until they played them. I think Memphis went through a tough series against Minnesota before they played Golden State. But I think Golden State better try it a little differently this year and get and have the, the top seed because you don't want to have to come through Memphis. That is just not going to be the smart thing for any team to have to do. Uh, Memphis can very well be the class of the Western Conference. Okay. Yeah, I think the, I think the thing that that most excites me uh, for Memphis this year is the fact that you know after you know after last year a lot of people looked at it and said well you know nobody really saw that coming and kind of all of these things now nobody the, the, the Grizzlies aren't sneaking up on anybody um, yeah. and so when you, when you come in and you kind of got the target on your back and you're still able to go out and perform that tells me that you got a team that's uh, that's ready to do it mm-hmm. and uh, you know the Grizzlies front office should definitely be applauded because Desmond Bain is, is an absolute diamond in the rough. Um, that they found, you know, I think he's making it more and more clear that he's the he's definitely the back backcourt mate to Ja uh, that they want, as opposed to Dylan Brooks. Um, what they decide to do with Dylan Brooks, whether they keep him for as tough as the defense or use him as a as trade bait, you know, that remains to be seen. Um, but certainly, I think Desmond Bain has cemented himself as that uh, as that starting number two, and uh, so I'm definitely interested to see where they go uh, going forward this year. I agree with Terrence. I think they definitely have a chance to be uh, be tops in the West this year. Um, they started out strong. And uh, another thing I'll tell you as well, I think I heard Jarvis say that Jaron Jackson is supposed to be back in time after Christmas. The last I heard, uh, it sounded like that timeline is definitely moving up for him. It sounded like his recovery has been going well. Um, and obviously the team, well, I don't necessarily the team, but definitely the league would love to see him back uh, prior to Christmas because obviously the Grizzlies and Warriors are scheduled to play on Christmas Day this year, uh, a game that I think a lot of people will be looking forward to. Call me Bart Scott because I can't wait. That makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, I don't really have much more uh, NBA news. Uh, a lot of teams were off on Thursday night, so uh, the Pelicans look like they also are the team that are going to be the Memphis Grizzlies from last year. We've said that on the show also. But mm-hmm. B.I., Brandon Ingram, he's going to be out for the next three games, and Zion Williamson is still day-to-day. Guys, if these guys are healthy, they can be good, but I have said that I wonder about Zion Williamson. Now, I don't know if this is the training training staff, the coaching staff, or whatever, to just keeping him out just to be safe, that still bothers me if that is the case still. Like, why can't this guy just play? Freaking let him play. Let him rip. 30-plus minutes. What the hell? You know? Uh, but he's always got something. It's always some kind of nagging injury. He's always a little nicked up, and I still wonder about that. As much as I want him to do what Saquon Barkley is doing this season, and Saquon's trying to get that money, Zion's already gotten his, so I understand the difference in that situation. But I don't know, man. It's just something, something still not quite there with me with Zion yet. Now, not his play, not anything about that, but his his availability. And once again, here he is, day to day. But that, other than that, that's that's all I have, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another great show, the Great Debate Show, available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, and follow, uh, guys. We talked about all the Sunday games. We talked about Thursday night game. Congratulations to Terrence. He gets week eight started off to a good start, and his team gets a win. Now, what did I miss, or is there anything that you guys want to add in before we get out of here? Hey, that's it for me. I uh, got the the victory in. Now all I got to do is hit on my $50,000 parlay, and we'll be good to go. That would be be so nice. (laughs) That would be so nice. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying it would be so nice if he done that. Right. <laughs> Other thing I'll add is uh, just a little bit of history here. This week in sports on October 26th, 
1984, we had the debut of the single greatest athlete in the history of American sports. Uh, Michael Jordan made his debut against the Washington Bullets. Uh, 16 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, and 4 blocks, and a 16-point win. That is a hell of a day in history right there, Nick. Man. Very much so. I like that. Yeah, I thought, thought that was a good one to throw out there. It was. Uh, one more question in before we get out of here. It's Friday. And uh, tonight is the World Series Game One, Phillies, Astros. Who y'all got, real quick? You know, I think the Phillies might end up winning just because that's how baseball baseball works. Mm. But I am pulling for Houston because I want Dusty Baker to get that World Series. Yeah, oh Dusty, I do too. Dust, I want him. Dusty to win Baker, this time. and I, I know I know a lot of people don't really know how entrenched Dusty Baker is in the history with the history of baseball. Mm-hmm. But Dusty Baker was a teammate of Hank Aaron when Hank Aaron broke his broke the seven hundred and fourteen record. Damn. Um Hank uh Dusty Baker was also coaching Ken Griffin when Ken Griffin got to six hundred home runs. He was also coaching Barry Bonds when Barry Bonds got uh was it six hundred home runs also? So, but Dustin Baker is very, very well entrenched in the history of baseball. He has literally done everything except for win a World Series as a manager, and I am rooting for him to get that World Series. Okay, so T, when he when, when they won in twenty seventeen, if I'm not mistaken, when during the hurricane when they had the hurricane in Houston, Astros. Yes, he was not the manager okay. then. No, no, this is like his first or second year with the Astros. Oh wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. yeah I hope he wins that that kind of. Well, that probably tells me the Phillies are going to win the World Series then. I didn't know that. But I really do hope Dusty Baker wins it. And the Astros, man, they're always right here. No matter who the manager is, it seems they like. They are the team of the the, the 2010s. That's, that's, that's their era, man. They have dominated it. That is for certain. For certain. And the yeah. only it, it would be complete domination if they had more chips behind that. But, but only one. That was five years ago. I, I definitely hope that they get this one and too that's now. Officially, and that's tainted because they were apparently uh, stealing signals. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sure is. Sure is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you're right. Uh, uh, could this be a Philadelphia year? Could the Phillies win the World Series in an upset? Could the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Nick, I don't know what you know about baseball at all, but if you had to pick, you know, yeah, Astros, I, I, I'm Phillies. I'm definitely not a baseball guy. Uh, I'm going to root for the Astros. Uh, for one reason alone, uh, I'm a fan of seeing people being able to win their money. And there's a uh, there's a bet sitting out there right now. There's a guy that bet back in April, uh, fifty dollars on the Astros to beat the Phillies in the World Series. If he does win that bet, he'll win one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. I'm pulling for that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pulling for him just for that reason. Why not? That is the exact reason why I should be picking the Phillies to win the World Series, though, right there. Uh, whoever yeah, put that, that out. That's also probably true based, yeah, on, based yeah. on the way you look at these things. I mean, and not just that. I mean, like, they put that stuff out there for a reason. You know, like, I don't even know if that bet is true. But um, they put that out there for a reason, man. And, man, if the Phillies win, we'll come back to that right there. We'll come back to that bet that you just mentioned, uh, Nick, here on the Great Debate Show. But, again, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Todd Bowles. What's up, man? What's going to happen with the Buccaneers? Brady, what's going on? Uh, man, I think I hear Gazelle right now calling. Like, she's calling you home, bro. Just what are the Buccaneers going to do? That story, that saga continues in the next week. We'll get into that and whatever other stories are going on. Um, Niners and Rams, that's going to be, I think, the game of the week again on Fox uh, in the doubleheader. 
in L.A., in Hollywood. We'll see. And one more thing. For the people that keep saying the 49ers and the Rams, such a good game every time. What a rivalry. The last time I checked, both teams have to beat up on each other for it to be a damn rivalry. Now, I do think the Rams are going to win this week, but come on, man. After seven straight, where's the rivalry at? You have to pitch the motherfuckers in order for it to be a rivalry. Just wanted to say that. Uh, outside of that damn NFC Championship game, and if Tart catches that interception, they wouldn't even got it. They wouldn't have gotten that victory. So I'm just saying, rivalries are about not just because they've been playing each other for 40 years, but because they beat up on each other. It's, that's the only way it's a rivalry. It can't be a rivalry if you never beat them. That just, but that's just my two cents. What do I know, uh, guys? I, that's all I've got. If that's it with you all, we're about to get out of here. It's been a great one. I hope everybody has a fantastic Friday. I hope everyone has a great weekend. And be safe. Drink responsibly and gamble responsibly. Absolutely. Y'all, y'all guys, peace out. Y'all be easy. Get out. Oh, yeah.